You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends with your hosts, Kayleen and Carrie. We'll be talking about subjects that actually affect the common people. Yes, we are the common people. We are not stars. We are not getting paid for this. We're doing this for fun. So come join us. You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends. Thank you for showing up and listening. Tonight with me is my co-host, Carrie. We have Amber with us. And of course, we have Kim, who's becoming a staple on our show. We will be talking about COVID-19 and how this has affected us all. Welcome, ladies. How's it going? Hey, hey. I think I think you had a Freudian uh, whip there. You said how it's infected us all. How it's infected oh, us all. How it's affected Ooh. us. Or that's affected nice us, Carrie. I oh, guess it could be either way. That really works. Did I say way. infected? Because you it was did. definitely a, it was definitely a Freudian slip, and you're absolutely yeah. right. It definitely has crept up and infected us in a way that's not so literal, right? Yeah. I think we oh, can all real. speak to this, and we can all attest to this. Um, as usual, I guess I will be starting out to get the conversation to flow and go. Yeah. Uh, so there are people out there that don't believe COVID-19 is actually real, which blows my mind. It blows my uh... mind. I think, I think a lot of this is because it hasn't touched their lives personally, right? So if it hasn't touched them personally, people are more apt to believe that it's a fairy tale, that it doesn't exist because, hey, I don't know anybody who's been affected by it, correct? Uh, I damn well know it's real because of what I do. I'm in dispatch. I work for 911. So we get the calls. We know what's going on. Um, I, you know, one of the, in the early days, I want, I, I will never forget this. We got, I, I got a call that I was, uh, looking at cause they pop up on my screen. I have to do callbacks, et cetera, part of my job. And one of them was a 30 year old female, a 30 year old female they found in her hotel room had died from COVID-19 30. That blew my mind. That right there God. just made me realize this is not a joke. I mean, you know, at that point in time back then, this is probably March, April. Back then we were, you know, we were told that it only affected old people or people that were, um, that had, what's the word I'm looking for you guys? When you're- Pre-existing conditions or yes, comorbidities. Thank you. Thank you. Pre-existing con conditions and- um, you know, people like that, that that's who would hit the hardest. And if you were young, you were fine. Obviously not. This is a 30 year old female. Okay. Who passed away from it. Not only that months later, did we find out a coworker had it and my job would have never told us. Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and my job is hiding behind HIPAA saying that they can't tell us when somebody's infected because of HIPAA, which we all know is bullshit. Because you can tell us somebody's been infected without telling us their name. Mm. We have several, several employees where I work. And yeah, we could probably figure it out after a while of trying to figure out who's out and who's not in. But it doesn't matter. That still doesn't give you the right not to tell us that we are not, that we were not exposed. That is not okay. If we're exposed, mm. we need to know so we can get tested. Yes. Because some of us, like me, for example, I have a 79-year-old mom at home. And I tell you what, if I brought it home to my mom, I am going to lose my ever loving shit. And, it's actually uh, unethical and of them not to tell you. And we've known you. this. Um, I work in thank HIV you. and HIV in the community of HIV. We've been doing contact tracing for years 
we do that all the time with our patients. So with the public health department. So yeah, they can give you information that you have been in contact with someone. They can, they just Thank can't you. tell you who. They just can't tell us who exactly. So they were sitting there in their office, hiding behind a desk. I went in there. I went into my director at the time and I confronted her on this and she was not too happy with me for confronting her. And I didn't really care because I thought it wasn't fair. I was like, I can't believe you guys wouldn't tell us about this. Well, hold up, hold up. No, there is no hold up. You using HIPAA as an excuse is flat out garbage. I wasn't able to express myself because I got shut down pretty quickly, but I wasn't able to really express how I felt. Well, you know what? This is my show. I don't care. I'm going to express it now. That was utter bullshit. You should and have it's told actually us. a lie because it Thank is as the compliance officer where I work, I was on our pandemic response team, and I can tell you that it is actually an OSHA violation Mm. for any workplace not to share with you that they have had a positive COVID test in the building, in the workforce, in the immediate team. Then we should rise up and do something. And I will tell yes, you, you why you, they're doing this to us specifically. You actually because, should because I'm going to tell is. you why they're doing this to us. They're doing this to us because we are city workers and we are essential workers. And all they give a shit about is having an ass in the seat. Mm-hmm. Whether well, or not you get infected or not, they just want your butt there because we are a 24-hour operation, man. And let me tell you something. We've been going through it. We've been going through it because people are going out left and right. And right now it's in there. And people are getting it. Literally, people right. are coming back positive, And right now, they're freaking out because we're having a hard time putting asses in the seats. Well, yeah. You know what? This is your fault. Healthcare. The frontline health care workers in Maryland. And then they came back and said the same thing now in North Dakota. As a frontline health care worker, you are being told, even if you test positive for COVID, as long as you are not exhibiting symptoms, they want you on the job and treating patients. Started in the city of Maryland. Now the state of North Dakota has joined that edict. It's happening here. We have somebody who literally lives with someone who tested positive. They live in a goddamn apartment and she's still coming to work because she is not exhibiting symptoms. Oh, what happened to the asymptomatic people that are that can pass it? Did that yeah. just go away and fly out the door? Mm-hmm. Your workplace is not the only place either. I have a friend that works at a, a local security company and they did the same thing, Kayleen, to, at her company. They did not tell anybody it got out because someone saw it on a Facebook post, friends of friends, yeah, coworkers. That's weird. That's and they got out, out and then, you know, they all confronted their management and they told them the same damn excuse. that That's it was how we found out. That's like, exactly nah. how we found out no, what you just yeah. said in a fucking Facebook post. I shit you not. A Facebook post where this guy's daughter posted up everybody prayers for my dad. He's in the hospital. He's on a, a ventilator, basically, or he's in the hospital. At this point, he wasn't on a ventilator because I had actually talked to him that day. And then he went on the ventilator not long after I had spoken to him via text. And this was somebody at my job that everybody knows, okay? And everybody just loves this fucking guy. This guy is amazing. And they did not tell us. And we found out via Facebook post, and that's when everything fucking blew up and everybody was pissed and everybody was going to management. And I I went straight to the director. Mm -hmm. And that is when 
you know, I basically got shut down. I did get shut down in that room because she was pissed. That's the first time I ever saw her pissed off at me. But I was like, I want an explanation because this ain't right. This is not okay with me. And it it, you is, know? it is absolutely a an OSHA violation because mm. your workplace has a legal responsibility to keep you safe and to use appropriate equipment, appropriate preventative measures, and appropriate protocols to prevent harm, injury, or danger in their situation. Well, they're still doing it. They're still doing it. They're, they they literally, okay, just now, just now, just now, what happened? They literally had to shut down everything like in there, like the microwaves, the coffee, everything, because the health department came in. We had more than two people. So you know what happened? The health department came in and they basically shut us down. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, this is what's happening. So then then we were required to wear a mask all the time because usually we weren't required to wear a mask if we were at our desk and we were staring at our screens. But now it's 24-7. You've got to have a mask on no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, finally that came in and that's how we all knew. So everybody was like, what the hell? So all these people are positive. People are going out left and right. The only way that we know about this shit is that people are telling people like our coworkers are telling us. They're mm-hmm. like, like I got a text from my coworker who had just been at my guy, two of them, okay, two of them this happened in like a week. One guy comes and he's like, hey, I think I might have the COVID, but maybe I don't have it. But I'm like, then get the fuck out of my cubicle. I'm trying to have surgery next week. Bye, get out, get out. No, I don't think I have it. This motherfucker's positive. Oh, he didn't even text me. Somebody else texted me telling me he had it, little asshole. So I texted him. Then a week later, I get another text from another friend who says, hey, I just need to let you know I'm positive. What? She was just in my cubicle literally the like two days before she tested me, before she told me, and then hers came back positive. And what a like, lot of people do you think the job told me? No, they, no have not. they never did. No, they never did, and no, they still no, have they not. still have not. Nope. And I'm in out of MLA right now. I'm on I'm in an office building. It is not only our responsibility to tell the folks within the confines of our office if we have a positive test. We have to report it to the building because the building has to send out notices identifying that there has been a positive COVID test oh, within wow. the building. Oh, you know how that else somebody found out? You know how else somebody found out they were exposed? Yeah. So you guys have seen that little COVID thing that's popped up on your phone and said, mm-hmm. if you want to download this, well, this person downloaded that shit and it popped up and said she had been exposed. And guess what? She was positive. This is somebody else no. I work with. I shit you not, that happened. That's how she found out. That is how she found out. And I'm pretty sure it was the same guy who was sitting in my cubicle oh. saying, oh, I might have it, but I'm not sure. And thought it was a fucking joke. Shit's not funny. I have a mother at home. Mm-hmm. And see, so- it really lets me because back in March of 2019, Right before January 20th, when everybody said, okay, this is when this is emerging. No, let me tell you something. My mother was in university hospital in, it's a teaching hospital, but nonetheless, she was in hospital. She was an inpatient for two weeks, came into the emergency room with flu-like symptoms. She'd had a flu shot. She'd had her pneumonia shot. She was 68 years old. Okay. That woman spent two weeks in intensive care. She was in a medically induced coma. She was prone 
on her face. Oh my God. Because they had to give her lungs space to try and heal, to try and function. She was on a ventilator. Okay. I share that only because I am an only child and I'm a little crazy. (laughs) The thought of losing my mother did not set well with me. After she came out of intensive care in the hospital, she was in inpatient rehab at a facility for two weeks. So this whole process took a little over a month. Oh my God. And she literally nearly died. Her mm-hmm. primary care doctor told her to her face because she couldn't remember any of this because she was on oxygen. She had IVs. She was unconscious. All of this. This was March 2019? March 2019. They put her in a medically induced coma Dang. to try and give her lungs time to heal because she was suffering just that badly. And again, she had had a flu shot. She had had a pneumonia shot. So she was prepared. The fact of the matter is they could not tell me. They said it was a respiratory illness. Mm. They said it had attacked her lungs, Mm. but they could not define it. They could not diagnose it. They could not give it a name. Six months later, you got COVID, a respiratory disease, highly contagious, that causes patients to be gasping for air, so you're thinking it's older than it is. Yeah. That I think COVID-19 it's much older than it is. Older than they're saying it is. I agree with you. I, I do too. I think it's, I mean, there's so many people that said that they were, they were sick in October. They were sick in November. Mm-hmm. So yeah. many people are saying that they had these symptoms. And you know, you know, the person that's sick that I know that that was near me, the female, her, her, um, what she is experiencing is not like, every single symptom it like she doesn't have the fever at all but she like has the chills and she has you know like the diarrhea or whatever but she it's almost like flu symptoms but they're not every so people aren't having every single symptom Mm -hmm. of this disease they're having bits and pieces of it Mm -hmm. you know she's having the hard time breathing she's you know but they're not they're not all the same. People aren't experiencing the same. So we're, we're talking about this, me and Tina, I think that some of the strains might be different, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like at our job right now, everybody has the same exact experiences. Nobody's talking about the fever. So we have the COVID-19 without the high fever running around the place. So each of us have our own bodies and there's evidence of how much virus you take in um impacts how you experience it so absolutely when i get back to something that kim said kim when you were talking about your friend that is vivid like thinking about someone laying on right their stomach for this i think this is another thing that doctors need to be telling people because i don't think people realize like i don't know if you saw the video today of the doctor who did it over his phone showing what it would look like to be intubated in it in it I'm sorry, I'm saying the wrong word, but you know what I mean. No, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah. intubated. So, like, I wish people knew they have to lay on their on their bellies for that that process. I don't think people realize that if they get this this virus and they end up on a respirator, what they're going to go through. And I think the medical community should say more about that because I think people need to realize how serious this could get, how it could be in the hospital 
laying yeah. on your stomach like that. Be portrayed more honestly in the media. Like this is this is what it's really going to be like or look like or feel like. Holy shit. Yeah, why are we protecting well, and, people from that? I think they need to see yeah. it, know just how bad it is. You know? Well, and the fact that you cannot even be there Thank while you. the person that you love, be it a parent, a spouse, a partner, a child, is dying. Yeah. They are tell taking you, it doesn't their matter. last breath. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Kim, it doesn't matter what surgery it is right now, you guys. I just had knee surgery last That's Wednesday. Great. I could not have anybody there. And you know what it's like before you go into surgery. You have anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had anxiety. Tina has always been there for pretty much every surgery I've ever had, which has been a lot because my body started falling apart at 41. However, <laughs> last week... Glad it ain't just me. I can't even imagine, <laughs> right? Last week, I can't even imagine. I know what I felt like. And that was just for a knee surgery. Can you imagine what these people are experiencing? This illness, oh. that sick, thinking they're going to die. Okay? Because, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, oh, I could die. But not like that. You know what I mean? Like, these people are really feeling this. These people are like asking, am I going to die? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard so many people talk about this, their loved ones saying, am I going to die? I, uh, my friend, my, my spiritual mother, okay. Her best friend, her best friend and her husband, her husband was on a ventilator. He just got off. Mm. It was that serious. Like he was, they were, they weren't sure this guy was going to make it. So they did start him on some experimental drug. Apparently it worked, but he is now off the ventilator. But hey, it was touch and go there. They didn't know what was going to happen. But this shit is real. It is mm-hmm. serious. And people, you know, people, all these, these no maskers. Oh, it's taken away from my rights. My, did get you the fuck out know of what here. really rips my ass about did that? Did you I'm hear sorry. the so there was this one nurse that was talking. I can't remember what state she was in. It I was think I'm weeks ago. the same Oh, you didn't talk about it to you? Yeah. I hope you say it better. Yes, do it. She was talking about like these patients who are deniers, like right there at their at their last breath, their last saying, breath. I'm not dying. This isn't happening. She's trying to get them to talk to their family members. Have you heard that, And they're Kim? no. They're fighting the nurses. Yep. Girl, let me help. They're, they're in that much denial. They're dying of the yeah, dying of it. They, they, that is crazy. But but how can people you say that this is taking people. away your liberties? First of all, let's just examine something for a second. And and call me too political if you wish to, but how is it that your mask not wearing endangers my life, but you have the right to do that? But you're going to infringe upon my rights that do not directly impact your health and safety and well-being. Can you please explain that to me? Because most of the people who are non-mask wearers are of an ideological party. I ain't going to go there, but are of an ideological party that feel they have the right to tell me what I can do with my own body. But they got an issue with putting on a mask to keep me from dying. Somebody help me with that. I'm confused. Because I have had the same conversation with family members. I have a family member happened in June. And and let me tell you, I'm working at a university hospital. I am working in infectious disease. I'm right there with doctors that are part of the health department. We are running one of the vaccine studies. And my stepmom is telling me that COVID is a hoax and that it's all about bringing social, getting us prepared for socialism and communist Ooh. takeover. I work in infectious disease and I'm trying to convince her to wear a mask. She's like, I'm not wearing any mask. 
And I'm like, I wear a mask for you. And she's like, I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask. I think I already. And see, had that's it my anyway. thing. I think, if yeah, exactly. Yes, what you just said. I think I already had it anyway, so I'm not married. Yeah, I went to a I funeral early in the pandemic, so I already had it. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Because even if you did have it, doesn't mean you, you can't can get, get it, it again. again. You can get it again. It's a novel virus. We don't know how it behaves. You can get it it's again. It's like you were saying, Amber, when you were talking about your work in the HIV community. Mm-hmm. We don't know enough about this particular virus. Now, think about something. The common cold is a virus. Do we have a cure for it? No, we don't. How many people catch it? How often do you catch it? Have you had it more than once? Oh, imagine that. Does it affect people differently? Do you act different and have different symptoms when you have a cold and the person next to you who has a cold? Huh, it's a viral freaking infection. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Amber, the HIV community, same thing. It's a virus. Does it impact everybody the same? No, it doesn't. Do you have a, a necessary therapeutics that'll work the same for one patient as another? Not necessarily. So if we have a, like you said, Carrie, novel virus that we don't know a lot about. Yeah. Huh. That's mutating. That's right. mutating. Like even with HIV, I don't know if people know that we have different mutations of HIV. We do genetic testing to figure out what the best medications are for them. Like, you know, and it just bugs me to be, I'm like, I'm in a scientific environment and I'm with doctors who have to go on, you know, they're up there with CDPHD and talking about what's going on in the health department. Um, And they, they're like, they can't even believe it. They can't believe people won't believe them. They're having to, cry, to convince them of science. Yes. Research. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If I oh, have that- to explain science one more time <laughs> to one more person, that's <laughs> where God. And why? Why is this such a difficult concept to grasp? When right? you like, go to a doctor, have you right? ever been to a doctor? Like, when you break me. your leg, do you go to a hospital? then why is the concept of science so baffling to you? Right? Like we were hoping for flying cars, know. but in 2020, we're like, P.S., the world's not flat. Like the world's not flat. <laughs> 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 is that where we are, really? Yes, we are trying to convince people that the world is round. That it's not flat. Wow. Hey, we're going to take a break right here. Give me a minute. Oh, down. All, All right. So we are back after that little break. There may have been a break. There may not have been a break. There's supposed to be a break there but who knows? Anyway, (laughs) so another thing that I wanted to bring up right quick was in the news, did you all see the Denver mayor has shut down basically the city and county of Denver and told people they can't have, you know, large gatherings. Um, They need to stay home. They they need to do this, they need that. But his ass decided he's going to take his family for Thanksgiving, get on a plane, fly to Texas and then to Mississippi to be with his family. What do you guys think about that? Ooh, I am I think, Can we say Trumpism in effect? And I'm sorry, the reason I'm going to just throw that in there is because what happens at the head trickles down. That is the only time the trickle down theory actually works is in good behavior. Call. Oh, good call. We have a politician at the head yep. that makes it acceptable yes. to do what I say do not what I do. I'm going right. to tell you peons yes. not to do it. 
But I'm and I'm going to make it difficult for you, but then I'm going to call out all of you and not do it myself. So Thank then you. you have people like Newsom in California. You have people like Hancock in Denver. You have all of these politicians who think it's okay to do what I say and not, not what as I, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, And he's right. Yes has been difficult for all of us, including those of us peons who are trying to observe all <laughs> of those you. rules you just put in place. You <laughs> Thank know? you. Yeah, but yet, hold on. Denver has a safety order in place, right? Like, basically, tell on thy neighbor if they are out there doing or, you know, against this order, but yet his ass, I don't give a shit if it's him and three other people. It does not matter. You are flying through an international airport, mm-hmm. two of them. There are people in those airports that are not wearing masks. There's if no social distancing any, either. Yep. If you have looked at any news on any airport, mm-hmm. look at the lines. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's social distancing. And they're getting on these planes. Sure, maybe they're wearing masks on the planes. Uh. But still, hello, this is airborne. Yeah. Well, airborne. And, if you and he's a public with- figure. People are looking up to him. He's saying these messages. And we've got another pandemic going on here. And it is a pandemic of information and science. Like, people don't believe things. There's all these conspiracy theories. And there. And, and when I was reading in the comments, I wanted some of the articles talking about this. People are like, see, it's not real because he's not yep. taking it serious. Yep. yep. Well, and he's just enabling man. this problem to go on. He's enabling... More people to say, I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to stay at home. I might as well be with my family if he's going to be with his family. Right. Exactly. Do you know how many people canceled their trips in Denver because he put a lockdown and was like, this is what we're going to do. I mean, do you know how many restaurants right now are back to curbside only? That is killing these small mom and pop shops, these these small restaurants who are finally starting to make some headway. Yeah. I mean, because I'm sorry, we can't get delivery every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, we can't that, afford it. How do you support these businesses? You can't if pay you're businesses. not working. Exactly. exactly. That's my Let's be real. Because, you know, I, I'm one of those folks who believe in, okay, let's hold each other up. Let's work together. Let's try and do it. We had record new jobless claims today. We have lines. Was it 277,000 like brand new ones? It was over 70,000 claims just today. No, I'm just sorry. 777,000 brand new wow. ones. I'm sorry. Shit. I think that's I think that's United States. I think uh-huh. that's wide. It is United like, States. Like 777,000 brand new claims, not not old claims, brand new, brand new. Holy shit. So that means new folks out of work. Yes. Then if you look at the national news again, you've got these lines, especially down in Texas, which is another hot spot mm-hmm. of people lined up for miles, not around the block, for miles at food banks. Mm. You have people who literally, like our VP elect was talking about when she was in Washington, D.C., one in six families are experiencing food insecurity. One out of every five parents define their child, the child now, as going hungry. Mm. 
one out of every five children's parents. So that means if you take five folks, let's use Denver again as an example, Mr. Hancock. If you take five kids out of your city, line them up and ask their parents, are they starving? Are they experiencing food insecurity? One out of every five of those kids' parents is going to tell you yes. Food insecurity, something as simple That's as scary. That's scary. That's scary. That's scary. But if you, and also, I don't know if you've taken note when you go shopping yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like when I go, like I noticed this last time I went shopping, I don't shop often because I hate people and I don't like going to the grocery store. <laughs> However, me too. About drive up, I man. know because I get anxiety, man. People, people do too. give me anxiety mm-hmm. and but it's even I worse this time. I get literally, if you go down the aisle and you see like what's missing, Dude, you cannot get a top ramen, okay? <laughs> like, I was no, like, you are you can't. fucking kidding me? Like, that means these families, yeah. that's what they can afford. Top right. ramen. That's right. I'm, I'm right. not talking about Chef Boyardee, ravioli. Mm-hmm. I'm talking oh. top ramen, dude. That is the mm-hmm. stuff that is, like, missing. What? That's not healthy. That's what I'm That is sad. Like, that... That's that's how that hit me. It didn't hit me like, damn, these people are just hoarding. No, it hit me of damn how sad is that? That somebody tomorrow for their Thanksgiving is having, yo, is having Oriental flavor, okay, yeah. for their Thanksgiving as a specialty. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart because it wasn't just the regular like stuff that's missing. Mm-hmm. It was literally, ta- I couldn't believe it. I was like, how is this whole shelf empty? Like, how is this even possible right now? Like, this is what people are buying, the cheapest things that they can buy. Because they don't have the means to feed themselves or their children. And, and, you know, we used to all joke around because we would, that's a college person's food, right? I mean, hell yeah. I can't tell you how many times I had Top Ramen, right? As a college student. But to think- Captain Crunch. Yeah. Well, well, you can't even even (laughs) afford Captain Crunch right now. Shit, it's like $5 a box. Right. And that's for the small box. But I'm going to get you some bag pseudo version. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like I've been very lucky. Okay. Honestly, I have been very lucky because of the job that I do. I'm not out of work. Okay. I've had a job. I could still afford the things that I need because I'm not hit like this. I'm not hit financially by COVID, but there are a hell of a lot of people that are hit by this. And one of the funny things, I will never forget this. One of my friends at work was buying a house mm-hmm. and I will never forget. She was like, it's $4,000. I was like, $4,000 a month. Like you're going to be fucking house poor. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. First of all, nobody in there that does what I do can afford $4,000 a month by themselves. Say, <laughs> I'm telling you that right now, unless you're, you're, you're doing 80 hours of OT, right? Which some people in there do. Not me, because I, I have I, I want what little resemblance of a life I have. But sh- I will never forget that she looked at me. She goes, well, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'll always have a job. I'll always have something to fall back on. She was a server. Hmm. So now what happens if that deal didn't fall through? She ended up getting a different deal, but then now she doesn't even have that house anymore. But however... You're never safe. What would you do You're right now? Safe. Because guess what? You wouldn't have a job. I, you know, that's so funny that right you said now, that. 
servers right now are getting their asses handed to them because they don't have a job. They're no longer serving the public. We're no longer there in these restaurants to give them that tip that they so before COVID, I heard a lot of people say that, Kayleen. So I've heard that before. And I I never thought about it until this moment. I don't need to brag. They're always like, oh, I'll just go back to serving if I need some money. Well, yep, and that's exactly what was said to me. I don't mean to brag or anything, but I'm always gonna have a job because you're a server. Now look at it. Now look at it. I bet you any money she ain't saying that no more. Servers are now fighting for the few shifts that they can get to get to be, you know, preparing the takeout, you know? Exactly. They're preparing the takeout or they're preparing the drinks that people are taking out the alcohol, right? Yeah. And 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 a lot of these people, me included, think about this. Okay. When you're ordering, okay, from these restaurants, what is your thought when you tip? My thought is you ain't serving me. I ain't giving you no 15 to 18, 20% tip. You didn't serve me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. You're getting delivery tips, not server tips. There's a difference. Sorry, there's a difference to me. You didn't bring well, my, and a lot of you didn't bring this to my table. Make up for it. Because yeah. a lot of people right now are trying to make up for it. But the reality of the situation is if you're trying to make up for it to help keep somebody else afloat, who's yeah. helping keep you afloat? Because right. let's be real. If you are still using the additional, like when they passed the additional uh, unemployment benefits, everybody was like, oh, man, you should be saving that money. You should be putting that money. Good use. Ain't no need to be saving it broke. Okay. What if you are trying to tip, order out, order food from Uber drivers to keep them employed, order food from DoorDash or whatever to keep them employed. If you are truly doing what a lot of people did and trying to spread your limited income around to help keep everybody afloat, Mm -hmm. to help keep the economy going, Mm -hmm. what do you have to say? Yeah. Right. Well, and then the saving is not actually is, a great idea early on, right? Because money keeping moving keeps the economy going. But right. at some point, that is going to not work when there's no extra money coming in. And there's not got, right now. Look at this. The Congress couldn't even get a package passed. Not to mention, you. you have a lot of people bitching, okay? You hear a lot of people bitching. But I, I really had to think about this before I opened up my mouth because a lot of people were bitching about that extra $600, right? People were like, right. fuck that. They're making more than they were, you know, when they were working, blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? Well, what she didn't take into account, morons, and yes, I'm going to say moron, and I'm sure some of you are going to be pissed because I just called you a moron. <laughs> you are only getting 65% or less Right. Of your pay, Boom. which is like two hundred fucking dollars, okay, a week. Hello, mm-hmm. that was the whole the reason they the added the six hundred dollars in the do first the place. Math. Yeah. So even with that, and to keep things pending and keep things moving, because yes. we even need to keep things moving. Make- though, even with that six hundred dollars, you still aren't making that much. I, I swear That's to God, exactly people, people, the point. people didn't think of that. People were like, "Oh, but they're getting six hundred fucking dollars. Fuck that. Why should they get six hundred dollars? Blah 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 blah." Yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I heard that. But I, I can't I, either. I, I was done trying to explain it to people, but I did explain it one time on my Facebook, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't agree with it. But you know what? Mm-hmm. So what? They're getting six hundred dollars extra. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. And you the fact that they're getting two hundred dollars a fucking week. Can you live up at two hundred dollars a week? Fuck no. I will tell you, you two hundred dollars a week is not going to pay my mortgage. Take you make right a now. good point, Kayleen. That's the point. People didn't get it. Understand? Not only do you only get sixty-five percent. You have 
to pay that taxes. money back. And it's taxes. When you, it's taxes, it's taxed, but also keep in mind that unemployment insurance is just that, it's insurance. The only difference is the employer pays the premium rather than the employee. But the bottom line is when you are employed and you report that on your taxes, not only are you taxed on that income, but you're put in a higher tax bracket for that income because it's considered state subsidized money. So you have to repay that in essence dollar for dollar almost back to the state. Thank you. And where do people so, think this stimulus money is going to come from? People are like, well, it's our money anyway. Um, Well, gee, I don't know. Okay. Remember how everybody got that whole $8,000 to $10,000 Obama thing for the housing mm -hmm. to, to when they bought houses? Yes. You notice how they all had to pay it back? You notice how that kept asking when you when you filed your taxes, if you were part of that? You got to pay that back. Nothing in this life is for free, people. Nothing. And that's because we live in a capitalist society. Ooh, Nothing which is free. you, Nothing Amber, brought up earlier. And it is so damn on point. If people understood the concept of capitalism, half them folks out there waving signs and screaming and shouting wouldn't be out there. Capitalism is predicated upon the flow of money. If money stops flowing, your economy dies. And who spends money? Not wealthy, because wealthy have learned that you build wealth by building assets and savings. And hoarding who it. spends money? Middle class folks middle spend class money. Spends so money. if you got no middle class, you got no capitalist okay. economy. <laughs> yep, and everybody's still worried about think. socialism. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not worried about capitalism, not worried about the, uh, the impacts of capitalism. But that's a whole other show, and all this is affected by COVID 19. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us. Put a little COVID bow on it. So, with healthcare, can we just talk about the fact that what COVID 19 has really revealed is the inequities in our healthcare system already? That's what I was just thinking is like, it's, the, it's been the great revealer, and who is disposable and who is like this yes. whole eugenics class. On. Like, oh, the everybody with disabilities, they're getting fucked out of things because they can't even get the treatment because of everybody taking it. It's just, yeah, it's a great revealer. Please keep talking, Kim. Yes. It, it, oh, no, you're absolutely right. It's a great reliever with mental health. I have to tell you, one of my most frustrating mm -hmm. pieces is that I have a sister. She's a flight nurse. I was really disappointed because back in September, an article came out from a doctor that she knew, and he was doing this. And we've all seen those medical professionals who aren't following the evidence and information and get out and speak. So it's this ER doctor that gets out there and speaks and says, this is an overreaction. And she reposts <gasps> it. And she's like, and I've never... I've never, she put on her post, she's like, I've never responded to more teenage suicides than I have during COVID. Come on. Saying that that's why mm -hmm. things have to go back. I was so upset. I'm a mental health professional and I'm sitting there thinking, if you think this is the reason why there's more teenage suicides, then you didn't realize we had a crisis and this just brought the crisis up. You're just seeing it because of COVID. Yes. This wasn't before, this didn't happen because we are staying at home. This is because mm -hmm. we have never treated mental health in this mm. country the way that we should. And it is just revealing the gaps. So I was so angry, so angry that another medical professional would say that, mm. would put that out there. Again, kind of misleading people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's not validating everybody's experience. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right, Amber. And mental health to me is one of the greatest marginalized diseases because you can't see it, because you can't splint it, because you can't x-ray it. It's not happening. Well, really, you know, that's like saying, oh, I don't know. We don't really have more COVID cases. It's just that we're doing more testing. So more <laughs> testing means that. We do more testing than everybody else. We have more cases. <laughs> it's not that we actually have more cases. Oh, what a <laughs> dumb idea. Testing. Stop counting the votes. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop counting the votes, if the votes I'll be the winner. Stop counting the virus. Stop counting the virus. There won't be any virus. Exactly. All you hear about is COVID, 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 COVID. All you hear about is COVID, COVID, COVID. You know, I'm just saying. But to your point, Amber, about mental illness, and particularly with young people, that really riles me because Mm -hmm. if you look at young people in particular, we have ignored the issues in our mental health. I'm not, I'm not going to say system because it really isn't one. Mm-hmm. We have ignored the needs of the mental, mentally distressed for so long that we actually need something to blame it on now. That's another show. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, it's like, notes. Like, There's probably been like five shows, maybe even 10 paintings coming up here. Like 15 shows. Somebody's but that's like the whole. Down yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to text tell you. That's yeah. like the whole com- comorbidity excuse. Oh, people are dying of COVID because they had pre existing conditions or comorbidities. Right. Are the comorbidities at all related to the fact that they live in food deserts? So they can't get fresh food, which is why everything is prepackaged, starch filled, salt filled, sodium filled, preservative free. And that's why they have diabetes. Does it have anything to do with the fact that it's cheaper to buy your kids a McDouble and some French fries than it is to buy them a salad with some lean grilled chicken on it? That's hey, why they have diabetes. How does health work? Like they don't, don't even know. understand it. Here, I'm going to go back to HIV. No one actually dies of HIV. Guess what? They die of other infections. Exactly. Oh, oh my works. God. What you just said, I literally heard somebody say, well, my, I think they said their grandfather, well, my grandfather died and you know what they put on there? That he died of COVID. He didn't die of COVID. He had heart problems before that, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what, moron? I don't know. He had COVID and that actually pushed him over the edge with those heart issues. Right. So mm-hmm. yes, he indeed died of COVID because COVID pushed those heart issues over right. the plateau. He wasn't going to uh, die if COVID didn't come on there. He could have managed you. those oh health conditions and managed. we're all on that scale. Thank you. It was mm-hmm. being managed. And that's what we talk about. People with these autoimmune diseases, like right now I have one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like most, a lot of people have them. I have thyroid issues. That is an autoimmune disease. So mm-hmm. guess what? I'm more susceptible to COVID-19 and it hitting my body harder than the normal person who doesn't have this issue. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And then like, if I wouldn't have gotten my bariatric surgery, you add on everything oh, else wow. on top of that, the sleep apnea, you add on the diabetes, you add on all that shit that I got rid of. 
And guess what? Oh, I would have been like super more high trouble, risk. right? If I yeah. get it, super high risk. So, how about all these babies like, who have asthma? Yeah. yeah how exactly. many people know a child, a child that has asthma? Okay. Right. And that's a comorbidity for COVID. Oh, imagine that. And now we're discovering, like you were talking about before, Kaylin, before it was like, oh, no, nobody young gets COVID. Right. How about all these kids that are now getting COVID and suffering after effects like brain swelling? Like swelling of the organs, like, like swelling. Thank you, and mm-hmm. stuff that's actually killing now it's them. Right. Come but, on, but, our doctors been. But that's that? not what they died from yeah. COVID, and they're putting that on their bullshit. Oh yeah, we're gonna take a- the doctors is getting rich by saying it was COVID. Right, right. But we're, we're gonna take a break right there. We're gonna take a break right there because we need okay. To. And we're back. I was just thinking about how we are getting close to a vaccine, and. Hearing these people that are scared about possibly taking the vaccine and thinking about the fact that this drive this on a really long time if people have that fear and are not trusting of science. I feel like this thing with not trusting science, not trusting that the virus is real, just goes over into the fact that we may not have people who are willing to to get vaccinated. I'll tell you why I'm afraid of this vaccine. Okay, honestly, I'm probably one of these people that are like, fuck that. I'm not taking that vaccine. And I'll tell you why. Science says it's going to take them a year and a half to develop one that actually really works. God, they've been working on it for a year and a half. That's my problem. So I'm kind of scared because I'm like, all these scientists were like, hey, it's going to take at least a year and a half for us to develop a good working vaccine. I understand they've been working on it 24 seven. I get that. So that's what scares me is we are less than a year out since they've been working on this vaccine, right? Supposedly. So what do you think about well, that? But I think you bring up a good point, Amber. And I think that that's one of the reasons why if you, they were talking again at a national news level about the number of mayors like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago and even uh, Mayor Cuomo in New York City who were talking about there had to be direct targeted outreach when this vaccine was distributed mm-hmm. to communities of color mm-hmm. and to communities um, of disenfranchisement because too many people have heard the Tuskegee story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are learning this gynecological story of how many of the instruments used in gynecological exams annual exams were tested on slave women without anesthesia. Right. So there is a very, very tacit history between race and science. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that has influenced the vaccine, but equally the fact that it is still associated with the current administration makes it somewhat suspect. So I think that, the approach of more education along with the vaccine is going to make a big difference, but you got to have money to do that. You got to have money to be able to put boots on the ground and have people knocking on doors, telling the truth of the vaccine. Right. But could they develop this vaccine in less than the 18 months they were stating? They actually can Um, look into RNA and what's going on with the science behind RNA, because the way that they've been able to, it's, this is like 
groundbreaking research right now. They have been mm -hmm. able to take a piece of the virus that is going to block the virus from replicating. So they they can explain, I'm not going to do a great job because I'm not a scientist, even though I work in that department. I'm a mental health professional. Um, but I can tell you, I have seen the presentations where they go through and they can tell you why they've been able to skip ahead. So I think it comes back to the point that Kim is making. It needs to be about education and you need to have people that you trust. But here is the point I'm trying to make. When your administration has destroyed trust Ooh, in Fauci, in your public health departments, in your experts, like I'm sitting there with, with experts for my state in my team in the Department of Infectious Disease, and they can't understand. Like this is like this is like not anything that they've ever experienced before, where there are mass points in the in the public that they're not trusting their doctors. So when mm -hmm. you can't trust the people that are in these roles and when there's been active administration that has been feeding that distrust, mm -hmm. how are we going to continue to move forward in in addressing COVID if people are reluctant to take to take the vaccine. And haven't you really set the vaccine distribution up for failure by the negative cloud that you've put over it in the development of it and in the release of it? I mean, when you set it up so that people are suspicious of you from the very beginning because of the way you've behaved, then you you know what you're doing. That's deliberate. I'm sorry. A lot of people give credit, I think, to this administration by suggesting that they're just loose cannons and they're not educated and they don't get it. I think you do get it. I think it's been very meticulous and very surgical. And I think the reason, one of the main reasons why COVID has been allowed to run as rampant as it has is because it largely impacted black and brown communities and disenfranchised communities That's at right. a rate of almost three to one. Mm -hmm. And I think that our current administration said to itself, huh, okay, well, as long as it's just them dying, who cares? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Carrie, if it's just old folks dying, who cares? We want them to all die off and leave us their money anyway. Mm -hmm. I attended a presentation, it was probably about two weeks ago, um, where, you know, I told you I worked in HIV, where they were talking about the intersection of HIV and COVID from one of our local hospitals. And it was really disappointing to hear that within my community, it has impacted the Latinx population the most. It's been devastating. And it made me reflect on the fact that early in the pandemic, I had a coworker and he was on our prevention team, um, large Latino family. They attended a gathering early in March. He lost his grandpa. He lost his grandma. He lost his uncle. There were other, over 20 people in that family that got COVID. He's been on a leave of absence, and we just learned this month that he's not returning. He's devastated. Oh, like He yeah. can't even like get his life back together to come back to work. I right. mean, his whole family has been decimated. Mm. The oh, realities of, of the populations that this hits and the social networks that they have that, you know, it was early. This is a very typical... <laughs> you know, experience for a, for a Latinx family to right. gather for, for a celebration. And it's devastated his family and it just breaks my heart. 
Wow. Yeah, that's well, and that's it's awful. common for the families of different ethnicities, black and brown families, marginalized families to live literally yes. in the yeah. same household. What a great point. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have Work a lot of essential living. workers like retail grocery clerks, like food service people at fast food restaurants, all the people who have been permitted to continue working. They go out, expose themselves, then they come home. They're bringing that home not only to their children, maybe to their spouse or their partner, but certainly to their extended family because so many mothers, fathers live in the house with their adult children. Adult children congregate with brothers and sisters. You often have multiple families in a single household. True. And true. sometimes that's economic. Very true. Sometimes it's cultural and economic. Yes, yes. And so to your point earlier, Kathleen, when you're talking about essential workers, yep. let's look at how we have previously defined essential. Mm-hmm. It's disposable. Essential yep. is equated with disposable. That's look true. at even in the healthcare profession where you have people who serve as environmental services folks. Mm-hmm. They're wiping down surfaces, cleaning areas to make sure that, or to do their best to make sure that germs are not spreading. And those are the hourly wage earners who are considered yeah. essential, but they're often the people who are not paid a livable wage. So they're living in an extended family environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember, Kayleen, when you told me about your work not informing you. And um, I just remember being so furious. And I remember crying so hard because you're not disposable. Nobody, just like you were saying, Kim, like no one is disposable. But how dare they say that you are a seat, that your mom is just like, like all these people that this affects that they don't even care. Like, I can't. I can't even. Yeah. I mean, basically that's, that's all we are to them, but um, you know, that's, that's how it is. So I, I want to take it back a little bit. Um, I, I was hearing you guys saying that you think educating the people is going to change people's minds like mine. For example, you know, my mind is I listened to what the scientists said. They were like 18 months at a minimum. Okay. This came out of Dr. Fauci's mouth at one point. I understand that they've been pushing it and they've been working hard and, to me, it's scary to even think that we're about to take a vaccine where we don't even know what the long lasting effects are going to be. Look at COVID. COVID has long lasting effects that are creeping up on people after they no longer have it. People mm-hmm. are starting to have heart attacks. People are getting um, all kinds of shit's happening to them. Yeah. You know, all kinds of stuff afterwards. Like the, the guy that I worked with, like I said, after his after his him being on a ventilator and all that stuff, I mean, I think I may have told told this story before that he was standing at my desk and I'm looking at him and I'm talking to him and his left eye is drooping. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, your left eye is drooping. And he chalked it up to, well, oh, I'm I'm tired. You know, I'm just tired. I've been trying. And you know, it happens to us when we're tired, right? But it kept bothering me and I just kept looking at it. I kept looking at it when he was talking to me. And I watched it. No sooner than he walked away from my desk and got to his office, the manager was on the phone calling 911 because they thought he was having a stroke. Well, it ended up mm-hmm. being Val's palsy. Mm-hmm. So wow. And that and 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 they don't know the what exactly 
Bell's palsy, palsy is caused by, but they do believe right. it's a virus that ab- right after you've had a virus in your body and you fought it. So to me, that proves that yes, wow. you guys are on that the right track. Sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's it, the virus. So yeah, so see, all these people are having these long lasting effects just of COVID. What are the effects of these viruses that they're saying now are 90% effective, 70% effective, whatever. There's three of them right now that they're talking about. One's 70, one's 90, something like that. Two or mm-hmm. 90, I believe. Yeah. yeah what, are, like what, are the, what are the long-term effects going to be? And I think that that's what the 70 is going to be more. There's there's uniqueness in how they release that data. I think that one's going to go up. But I, right. I will but We stress, don't know what those long-term effects are going to be. We don't know what the long-term that, effects are, but we don't right? know... Uh, we also don't know the long, you just brought up the long-term effects of the virus. Of the and virus. These could have an impact for the rest of your life. So you right, have to look at these them. things and you have to, you have to evaluate. Your it out. I will <laughs> tell like, you that am around, I going to take a chance? Which one everything's is Everything's a chance though, right? Everything like, is. Let me flip a coin. Everything let is a chance. A coin, right? And I, I'm, I, right now, I don't get a flu vaccine every year. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I got a flu vaccine in 2003. Okay. I was not sick. I didn't have a cold. I didn't have anything, but I got the flu and I'm sure it was probably a different strain, but they're saying sometimes, you know, the flu shot can give you the flu. I've never had the flu in my life ever. Well, I, wanna, and I, I tell wanna you how I know that. that because I felt like shit. Okay. Like when you have the flu, you know, when you have the flu, I've only ever had it once in my life. And that was after I got that shot. I was so fucking sick. I could not get out of bed for three fucking days. Oh my Somebody God. had to actually walk me to the bathroom. I thought I was going to die. My head felt like it was going to fucking burst. So I now know what the flu feels like. Never felt it before then. Never had it after that. I have I, not I had it. So I, I take a picture though. Like the way that we engineer year. the way that we engineer the flu the flu virus now you cannot actually get the flu from the flu virus. That's Okay, but what changed, about 2003? They well, I I'd, I'd have to look back in history. <laughs> yeah. but I can tell you now. <laughs> Now you can't get the flu. They don't give you, but it is related to certain, because basically they have to figure out, they look at across the entire world, they look at what flu is, is coming out, and they have to make decisions to make the flu shot of which which strains they think they're going to hit you. So it's kind of like, I think about, you know, you're trying to figure out what storms are going to hit, and you're not always right, right? So they have to figure right, that out. So it is possible, and you can. People do get illness that's related to getting the flu shot, but it's not the flu because you can't have reactions to that. So I think it's it's like knowing those nuances. But I really would stress looking into RNA and that research because what it is is it's blocking COVID from replicating in the body in the receptors that it goes in to replicate. Mm-hmm. And I wow, think that that's, that's awesome. an important distinction about how this virus takes over the body and I will sign up for that. And I, you know, I've seen the presentations where they're showing how it's safer because they've been able to basically skip ahead in that process. So yes, Fauci said those things, but things have happened in the process of this that's made them skip ahead. I have a question. Is there a certain percentage of the population then that has to take this for it to be effective? Like to, like what percentage are we talking about? Like how many people have got to take this? That's a good question. I don't know that off the top of my head. I know that they're going to start with um, what you're talking about, frontline workers, right? So I think this will be out to frontline workers December or January. What? And they're saying that they, I've seen predictions that they should have 70% of the population by like April, May. So frontline workers, are they going to be forced to take this shot by their employers as a condition of their employment? Okay, I'm just curious because I know, I mean, you know, there's going to be some pushback on that. I'm sure. I'm totally sure. 
which it makes sense to me that they would do that, right? That, that your employer would require you to do this. Um, but I think the point you bring up, Kayleen, is an important one because what, what we're really saying, what I'm saying, I own my own stuff. What I'm really saying when I say education is you give people the respect of explaining things in terminology that's real to them that they and that's understand. tangible to them so right. that they can make a choice. I think for too long, marginalized communities and black and brown communities have had things talked to them. Mm-hmm. Nobody Absolutely. has explained things in a way that gives you the knowledge, the concrete confidence to say, I'm making this choice. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of us will take the risk. We will take that 50-50 shot. We will take that 20-80 shot. Hell, mm-hmm. living is a 20-80 shot for many of us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? right. That's but, true. Oh, that's that's I true. think I it's mean, the difference between respecting people enough. Because, yes. you know, if you just assume, oh, well, you know, I can just say X, Y, and Z and tell them to sign here and they'll do that. No, you know, I never will forget during election season, it, it was um, Reverend Al Sharpton said this, some, and he was talking about all the flurry right around the voting election time with some of the rappers and stars coming out. He said, you know, black people are a lot of things, but stupid ain't one of them. <laughs> and I think right. that what people need to learn, especially when we're talking science, we may not always have the same advanced vocabulary. We may not right. always have the same understanding, mm-hmm. but we're not stupid. If you explain it in a way that is reasonable to us and allow us to make the decision. Well, that's, we on, that's for any normal person. That's for any normal person. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's words. I will tell you, the only reason why I probably have some of the understanding in the vocabulary I do is because. Kate Bush and Susie and the Banshees, okay? I listen to these people all the time. Let me tell you what I did. When I heard some lyrics, if you ever listen to Susie and the Banshee, okay, I'm going to give you an example. What the hell is a somnambulist? What the hell is that? Do any of you right now know what that is? Is that a person that makes you sleep? It's a sleepwalker, fool. A sleepwalker. And I think I told you You were close. It's a sleepwalker. I think I shared that with, with... club at some point didn't i nope. somnambulism I the only reason i know is because my babies when they first came to me they sleepwalked and i was oh yeah that's just like so, um lazy yeah, eyes. that's not a normal world word no. right so what i did was when i listened to lyrics i'd be like what the hell is she, what talking, is she talking about, about? you know like kate bush in this one song she's talking about plating her hair by the fire what the fuck does plating mean i don't know braiding. what that is it's braiding for the for the and I'm a cosmetologist, so I had to know that. So That's I the only reason I know it. Up, okay, so I looked all this Good stuff up. I looked it up. Me and dictionary. Me and Webster are like tight yes. when it comes to musical lyrics. And that's what I did since I was a kid, since I was in middle school listening to my music. I, what does that word mean? My okay. inspiration for looking up and, and extending your knowledge, though. Your but interest, that's how I did passion. it. That's how, yeah. yeah. So that's how I did it. Okay. Kate Bush and Susie, thank uh, you very much for educating yes. me. <laughs> but planning is but, a cultural thing. And I'm going to tell you right now. That was one of the main reasons why most of us little girls had to go get relaxers on our hair because we wasn't about to be some of them little banshees with all these plaques <laughs> on their head. 
BBs, BBs, okay? I got BBs. Anyway, <laughs> cultural thing, right? Cultural thing. <laughs> so, but my point is, if they, if they give us something that is in the norm, that is understandable, so everyone could understand, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not only black people, but it's white people too. What about those people in the Appalachians? <laughs> They're you know all not. They Please. Turn. Please. Please. <laughs> they taking it anyway, because you know what the hero said, take it. They drank the bleach, y'all. So you can tell them anything. They already had the big light. They did. I'm sorry. We are a mess. We are a mess at times. But but no, I mean COVID has basically everyone. Yeah, and, and Kim brings up a really good point. And I sometimes I can be a little Pollyanna, but if there's any time when we're having the conversations that we're having in this country that we are re- recognizing the importance of doing education the way that you're talking about, that we're speaking respectfully to people, that we are not being, you know, uh, I, I'm putting up my hand because I'm I'm trying to compare it like we're not like speaking through a filter or like putting over some kind of you know, facade. Um, I would hope that the kind of conversations that we're having in this country about transparency and about um, respecting the issues that are experienced by people of color in this in this country that that we would do that. You know, that's my hope. Right, right, and 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 not to where we're putting people down either, just to where it's understandable. Right, which I think will be fine. How anyway. do you appreciate, like, when you've been talking about Kayleen, you just had surgery, like. And, and I've had medical procedures and I know when someone like recently, I have a, a cyst on my finger and I had a surgeon that was just like, oh yeah, well, I mean, she was just rolling right on over me. She didn't care. She wasn't answering my questions. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm not having surgery. I'm going to stay with this little cyst for a little bit because, you know, so if someone can lay it out to me, give me the choices, explain if you go down this path, it's going to happen this, go down this path, you know, but when they get that attitude, like... I I'm have older a good than now. I'm glad you had a good one. Let me tell you about my doctor, dude. <laughs> yeah. This guy's so cool. He, you know, you know the paper you lay on. This fool grabbed a pen. Okay, the paper you lay on on the table. He used that paper, and he was like, he threw, he drew a kneecap. He drew all this, and <laughs> he was like, pictures. this is how this goes. This is what this looks like, and this is what we're gonna do. Like he drew this shit out. Okay, no, he's wow. not some great art- artist, but he drew it out for me. Literally. I- I should That's ask cool. him for that damn paper. It was so cool. <laughs> you could have like, had it. You could have had it. That's what I'm talking about. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Those kind of explanations <laughs> are the doctors that you stick with. People that will give you explanations to where you can. Because he knows. I mean, who's, the meniscus here. We're going to. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, yeah, torn meniscus. We're going to go in there. We're going to fix it. We're going to shape it. We're going to do this. Oh, Under the kneecap, arthritis. We're going to fix this. And But he drew it out. Okay, in between here. But this looks good. Blah, 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 blah. I understood every guy. Sign me up, bro. Not because he had the respect for you that Amber's physician did not have to listen to and to pick up on the feedback cues in that communication and in that interaction. Amber, you are talking about exactly what one of the major tenets of the Black Health Initiative, but it's it's a group that I work with that's looking at maternal fetal prematurity and mortality. 
And wow. one of the things that they're looking at is the fact that when women of color, particularly black women, go in to present for examination, the healthcare provider talks at them, does not engage with them, does not participate in the feedback loop, and does not understand how to communicate. And because of that, you end up coming back multiple times, you end up not getting treated timely, the whole nine yards. But the point is, you two, Kaylin and Amber, just illustrated exactly what I'm talking about when I say educate with respect. Right. Respect so people COVID, enough to get so, the feedback. Yes. You're right. So yes, COVID Kim. explained to us in a way that we can understand it just as humans, that would be great. You know, just like my surgeon explained my knee surgery to me, that would be great. But we have run out of time, ladies. Oh, thank you so for being here. I've never been here before. <laughs> Kim is becoming a new co-host, by the way. <laughs> she has been here like every single show. She has saved this show a, a, a few times, people. You don't yes. know what happens in the background of this show. But thank you, Kim, for being here. Thank you, Carrie, thank my co-host. Um, I hope. I mean, this has been an engaging and educating conversation. Thank you, Amber. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Amber. It has. And everybody for thank being you, here. Am. I appreciate you guys. And we have so many more topics to discuss. Oh, and, yes. you know, I've, I've, I've literally been thinking about this. I've been thinking about maybe moving the show towards regulars. You know, instead of like having a different guest every week. Um, yes. it's hard to get people to commit. So I'm thinking about doing that and, um, we'll talk about that shortly amongst okay. ourselves, right? <laughs> but thank you guys for being here. This has oh. been just amazing. And I appreciate oh you. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you for dedicating your time to this because this is just something that I came up with. I just wanted to talk amongst friends as if we were just at a restaurant. You know, and, and the conversations we would be having amongst ourselves. I kind of, I think they're important conversations and they're on a myriad of topics. We have so much more to talk about. As you see, when we talk, yes. there's 10 subjects just alone in one conversation. <laughs> I Sometimes I have to, Kim, uh, that's another show. Amber, that's another show. I know. Mary, so are you saying that when we come on as regulars, can we start, can we start making a list? And then I'll be like, okay, I want to go on this one because I brought up mental health. So you better be asking about mental right. health. Absolutely. There, and, but there are shows, though, that people know? gave me ideas about that I really wanted to give them the opportunity to be on. Because, um, you know, there, there's numerous shows that people were like, hey, what about this? And, and to me, they own those topics. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that came out of their brain that they want to talk mm -hmm. about. So I'm going to consider this. It's on the table. And we'll see what happens. Um, but thank you guys for being I, here. I, I know you. we're getting ready to wrap up, but I can't tell you one thing, Kayleen. Yes. As, as these shows go on, you should ask that question again, because I can tell you personally, I'm thinking of more ideas as I hear these shows, If I as I hear these discussions. And I'm actually farther away from the things that I gave you first that I wanted to talk about. Now talking about these things with you lovely women. I mean, this is inspiring. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. But it is so much on a fun. Note, on a note, before I do actually sign off right now, I still <laughs> do want to say that uh, Denver's Mayor Hancock, he's a dick. <laughs> I cannot believe that he's on a goddamn plane. Can, can we just end on the fact that he is a big dick? <laughs> you want me to make us t shirts? For that, or Hancock is a dick. There's got to be some good. There's got to be some good saying with his we, damn we last name. We could probably play with that name a little bit and right? come up with something clever. 
Yeah, I have a feeling there's a few politicians we could make some t-shirts for. I'm just gonna put that one out there. We could sell a whole collection. Thank you guys for being here. We're going past time. Love y'all. Bye, ladies. This has been Talk Amongst Friends. Have a good one. And that concludes this episode of Talk Amongst Friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh,